Next, this month's special series, Focus on Global Medicine. ReachMD is taking an in-depth look at how medicine is working toward health and longevity for people around the world. Join us all this month for the latest medical research and treatment across borders. What can you do when you know the diseases, you know the treatments, but the delivery systems don't work? You're listening to Focus on Global Medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Steven Spielberg. Dr. Spielberg is the Marion Merrill Dow Chair in Pediatric Pharmacogenomics and Director of the Center for Personalized Medicine and Therapeutic Innovation at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. In 2007, he became the Principal Investigator for the Pediatric Innovations Five-Year Pediatric Pharmaceutical Reformulation Program. Prior to his current positions, Dr. Spielberg was Vice President for Pediatric Drug Development at Johnson & Johnson, and from July 2003 until December 2007, was Dean of the Dartmouth Medical School and Vice President for Health Affairs at Dartmouth College. Today we're discussing reformulating medications for children. Hi, Dr. Spielberg. It's so nice of you to take the time to be with us. It's a pleasure to be here today. Malaria, tuberculosis, AIDS, and other devastating diseases have treatments available, and yet children go untreated because the medications have been designed for adults. What's being done to solve this on the global scale? This has been a problem for children for a long period of time. If you think about the demographics of the world, most places outside the, quote, developed world actually have a higher percentage of children than we do. And those children are exposed to a wide range of illnesses and diseases, many infectious diseases, which are very common in the developing world, but which we see only relatively rarely here. And as time has evolved, fortunately, we've developed a number of appropriate treatments for many of these diseases. But many of the organisms we treat require multiple different medicines to be used at the same time. And the treatments often are chronic and require long-term treatment. Certainly with HIV AIDS, we're familiar with, with really lifelong treatment with medicines. But even treatment of malaria or of tuberculosis, tuberculosis actually being a major source of death in children with HIV internationally, requires the use of multiple medicines chronically for months and months. Recently, the World Health Organization has initiated an essential drugs list for medicines for children. Such an essential drugs list was available for adults for a very long period of time, and yet children, again, ended up rather forgotten in the process, and there really was no essential drugs list for children. WHO undertook this initiative late in 2007 and followed up very quickly in early 2008 with what they called Make Medicines Child-Sized Initiative, by which they really said, we need good medicines that are available to children that can be administered appropriately to children for these kinds of illnesses. And how will they follow up on that to bring it to fruition? Well, several things have happened in a very short period of time, and I think this is truly good news for children internationally, as well as physicians and pediatric pharmacologists internationally working together to really overcome some of the previous barriers. For example, for a long period of time, when you're treating adult tuberculosis with three medicines, there's a single pill that contains 
the appropriate amount of each of these medicines, and an adult takes one pill a day. However, if you look at the ratio of those medicines, while they're entirely appropriate for an adult, they are the wrong ratio of medicines, of isoniazid, pyrazinamide, and rifampin for children because of developmental differences in the way in which children handle these three medicines. So if you, for example, crushed one of these pills and tried to give a small amount of that pill to a child, not only would it be inaccurate, the ratios of those drugs would be inappropriate and would encourage either undertreatment and the development of resistant tuberculosis or drug toxicity. So there's been a need for pediatric formulations for a long period of time. And functionally, what happens in most of the world is that physicians and other healthcare workers will take the individual pills, crush them, and put them sometimes in water. Sometimes that water is not necessarily clean water, which is a real problem, again, for administering medicines in much of the world, or in other vehicles that haven't been properly validated for stability or whether they interfere with the absorption of those medicines. So it's been very much ad hoc treatment for children rather than appropriate treatment. And WHO has really taken a leadership position along with several other organizations that fund international health issues, among them Gates Foundation and others, to really look hard at first defining what the right doses of these medicines would be in children, because we've got to get the dose ratios right, and then to develop appropriate fixed-dose combinations where a single syrup liquid or potentially a chewable tablet that would be appropriate for children with the right ratios of these medicines would be made available to children internationally. And just parenthetically, since most children in the world don't live close to a refrigerator, we have to deal with issues of assuring that these medicines are going to be stable at higher temperatures, not influenced by high humidity conditions. Really, in other words, appropriate for the environment in which the medicines will be distributed and used by families, and again, appropriate for the individual societies in which they are used, because different societies view medicines differently and have different views of different flavors or different colors or different formulations of medicine. So two of the things that are going on simultaneously is, one, looking internationally and getting information from healthcare providers and from parents and from children about what kinds of medicines would work best in different areas. And second, to develop these products and actually make them available to children. Is there enough genetic variation throughout the world that a formulation, say, for children in Africa might be inappropriate for the United States or for South America? Are we going to run into that kind of problem with genetic variations and be it metabolism or absorption? One of the things that we certainly learned is that the human population is very heterogeneous. We're all really very different. Uh, it's frankly what makes it fun being human as opposed to an inbred species of mice where all the mice are the same. But that does carry with it a lot of variability in terms of response to medicines, both in terms of the way the body handles those medicines, metabolizes and excretes them, as well as the response to those medicines. And as we're beginning to pursue these issues, and certainly I think the pharmaceutical industry is also aware of it, that one size may not fit all. 
and that things that we as doctors call a disease or an illness or a condition, high blood pressure, for example, it's not caused by the same thing in everybody. And even when we say something is essential hypertension, that just means that we don't know what causes it. And we do know that, for example, some people and some populations respond better to a diuretic. Other people and other populations respond better to an ACE inhibitor. And as we're learning more and more about genomics, I think we're going to be more and more able to subtype populations and be much more specific, both with respect to our choice of medicines, our choice of doses, and also respecting the societal differences and social differences and understanding of illness around the world that sometimes we're going to have to modify the format of our medicines to fit better with that particular society's understanding of illness and health, the impact of a medicine in treating that illness, so that ultimately our goal is really to optimize treatment in everybody we treat, in each individual patient and in each individual group of patients. How long do you think it would take to bring a reformulated medication from bench to bedside? Again, it would depend on the real knowledge of that medicine. You brought up tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. And to get a combination medication that has the three agents and formulated for children, Mm -hmm. how long would that process take? Well, I hope as short as possible. Realistically now, I think we pretty much know what the dose of each of the components should be. We know a lot about the chemistry of each of these drugs because they are all pretty old drugs. Many of them go back to the 1950s. So we know about their chemistry and about their stability. And it's certainly my hope that before a couple of years goes by that we'll actually have products out there properly treating these conditions in children. Many of the countries where these diseases exist have limited resources. Are there any current or anticipated partnerships between the public and the private sectors to fund this work? Yes, and again, I think, you know, the sort of the standard approach to commercial development really won't work in these sorts of situations. And there have been a number of examples of different types of arrangements. For example, the availability of ivermectin from Merck to treat river blindness was really done on a donated basis by Merck. There are other situations where collaboration between uh, pharmaceutical companies, regulatory agencies, generic companies, and government organizations such as PEPFAR and foundations such as the Clinton Foundation and Gates Foundation can work in a collaborative mode to make these medicines available. I'd like to thank Dr. Steven Spielberg, who's been my guest, for this program, Focus on Global Medicine, on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and we've been discussing reformulating medications for optimal use by children. I invite you to listen to our on-demand program library by visiting us at ReachMD.com. Please contact us with your comments or questions. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I wish you good day and good health. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Global Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com and download ReachMD's new iPhone app, Medical Radio, to listen to the same live stream of ReachMD medical news and information you enjoy on XM160, plus CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download Medical Radio today.